Financial Residency is proud to bring you Grand Rounds with Dr. Tammy. Each week, Tammy Krause explores a new topic related to achieving financial independence by building and protecting your wealth. She invites guests who are experts in their fields who will share honest and valuable advice on a variety of topics. If you have an idea for a podcast, please email Tammy, that's T-A-M-M-Y, at financialresidency.com. Now grab your front row seat to this week's Grand Rounds. Hi, and welcome back to Grand Rounds. We've had quite a few questions lately about fair market value. Sometimes it may even feel like administration is using fair market value against us when we ask for fair compensation for our work. So I asked our resident expert, John Apino. he's the owner of Contract Diagnostics and podcast host of Coffee and Contracts, to come here to discuss it with us and help us understand it a little bit better so we're not taken advantage of. Welcome to the show, John. Tammy, always fun. I appreciate the opportunity to hang out with you, of course, number one, and then to <laughs> share some of the things that we know about fair market value. It's like this question, this like secret term that people get thrown at them all the time. And so I'm looking forward to knowing that we can't get through all this in, you know, 20, 30, 40 minutes today. There's so much around this topic that we can talk about or write about or anything. So I'm looking forward to digging in this ultra important topic today. And as listeners have further questions on this, I encourage them to email you and send those questions in and then I can answer them on a coffee and contracts or you and I can do a fair market value 2.0 or you know whatever we need to do. So I'm excited to get into this topic today. Sounds good. Well, I know in my experience, I've heard the term fair market value and we can't compensate you over whatever, 75% of fair market value because of the work you've put in, but no one will ever share numbers with us as to how it's come up with or definition. So I guess let's start with the definition. What is fair market value? So there is no formal definition of fair market value. I mean, looking at the term fair itself, it lends to flexibility, right? What's fair. I mean, people talk taxes all the time, your fair share. Well, fair means different things to different people. There's no defined value that says fair market for a orthopedic surgeon in Chicago is this number. There's no book that has some places have thought about doing more standardization of fair market value and, you know, having like, here's like the global calculate or the national calculation, or here's what it looks like for this particular market or this particular specialty. But there currently is no defined definition for FMV or fair market value. Every employer tends to define it on their own. Now, We see contracts all day, every day at contract diagnostics. And we oftentimes see in contracts, you cannot be paid greater than fair market value. Or if you have been paid greater than fair market value, we reserve the right to discuss, review, and modify your compensation accordingly. How that's defined in a contract could be similar or different to how an employer defines it which could be different in the same market. So let's just say you're working for hospital A in uh, Kansas City, right? Great market. You and I know it very well. And so you're working for hospital A in Kansas City and you're an internist. And the fair market value that your hospital is telling you verbally is 300,000. We can't pay you more than 300. But hospital B may tell their internist, we can't pay you more than 305 or 320 or 285 which might be different than what each one of those individual contracts may say. 
So when we look at the contracts, a contract could say something about fair market, such as you shall not be paid greater than fair market value, which is defined as, and they may define it in the contract. I've seen fair market value defined as the 75th percentile of MGMA, which again, MGMA what? MGMA minor geographical area, MGMA national data set, MGMA state level data. I mean, MGMA for all practices, MGMA for a metropolitan area, MGMA for federally qualified health center, MGMA 75th percentile could mean one of 50 numbers, right? But I've seen it say 75th percentile of MGMA. Okay. Well, what number? It's, it's fluid. Um, I've seen it say the 90th percentile of MGMA. I've seen it say 120% of the 90th percentile of MGMA. And I've also seen it say, which is to be determined based on our analysis. If there was a formal definition, the contract would say the definition of fair market value is this. But the employers tend to leave it fluid and open, which I think is by intent. Data may fluctuate and change. They may view it differently. But to get back to the original question, there is no formal definition of fair market value. It is truly in the eye of the beholder. Is it just BS or can Mm -hmm. hospitals, employers, whatever, actually be held accountable by some mystery organization for paying their physicians above fair market value? Yes. So compliance and fair market value go together like a peanut butter and jelly, if you will, right? The facility wants to make sure that they're not paying you too much for the work. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that they can't pay you a certain dollar amount because based on the work that you're doing. So they could get in trouble. There have been lawsuits. There have been settlements. There was I was on a I was on a webinar yesterday on a settlement that was an initial lawsuit back in 2014. It just settled now, 10 years later. Hmm. And it was for hundreds of millions of dollars. It wasn't because of one doctor, it was because of a system and a whole bunch of things. But there was a multi, I want to say it was like a quarter of a billion dollar settlement on an organization that was paying their physicians for things that they couldn't. There's all types of things like start and everything else that an organization needs to take into account with how they pay their physicians. Yes, I mean, if you're a pediatrician, you cannot make a million dollars a year. That would be out of fair market value by everybody's definition. But if you're a highly compensated cardiologist and you're producing really, really well, you can make a million dollars. And there's nothing wrong with that, nothing outside of fair market. But a lot of organizations, what they tend to do is they're trying to define it. And, and, they, and they have good intent, I think, for the most part. One, they want to stay compliant. They, they don't have to do fair market value analysis. There's no requirement that every employer has to comply with the fair market value standards, but they need to pay you at fair market. And they're responsible for ensuring that. So although they don't have to do it every single year, if there's an inquiry or maybe there's a compliance issue or maybe there's uh, something that happens from a lawsuit perspective, they need to prove that they're paying you at fair market. So many organizations do fair market value analysis and adjustments, which I would too if I was leading an organization like a healthcare company. They need, they don't need to do that. They don't have to do them, but they should and they do. And then based on their analysis, which is either internal, which is usually a funny equation that they make up on their own, or it's more likely a third party. So they can kind of say, this is the number that we got from this company. And there's lots of different firms that can provide fair market value analysis. And they do so through many different ways, but there is no standardized process. So to go back to our example before, the if Hospital A in Kansas City hires you know, consultant X, 
and they say your fair market value is 300,000. Well, hospital B may hire consultant Z and they may run a different calculation with different inputs and say your calculation is different. So I, I, I say all that because they, the hospital is required to make sure that you are paid compliantly. And part of compliantly means not violating rules, laws, and regs. And the other part means being paid inside of fair market value. But how they define fair market could be different from how the next employer defines fair market. And I think if a physician out there has a job, if an attending is listening to this, they've all heard the term fair market. They've all heard we can't pay you about fair market, which is true. But how do we define fair market is fluid at best. And then I know one of the questions that we had come up recently was we had someone who was paid as an administrator, a lead of their group, hospitalist director, whatever. And they picked up shifts. I think it was a hospitalist in the circumstance. They also worked as a physician, so they were paid clinically. But their facility was telling them that they, when they combined both sets of income, the administrative and the clinical time, that they were above fair market mm -hmm. value. Should it be calculated that way or should you have two buckets of money so that your administrative time is not calculated when we're looking at fair market value? So fair market value is TCC or total cash compensation. So if you have a salary and if you're paid for call and if you're paid for a production bonus and if you have a quality bonus and if you get paid for the nurse practitioners and if you get paid for you know an administrative stipend, all of those things go into your TCC, your total cash compensation for what's defined as fair market. If you have a signing bonus or you have a retention bonus, the amortized amount could should be put into your fair market value. So if you have a, let's say that they give you a $50,000 signing bonus and it's amortized over five years, meaning you know every year you don't have to pay back 10 grand. So at the end of five years, you owe nothing back. But if you leave in three years, you owe 20,000 back. They should amortize that $10,000 per year, not 50,000 in year one, and then nothing in year two. So it's with it, you can kind of spread the numbers out in full compliance to come up with a lower number, if you will. But fair market value does include everything. But again, it doesn't mean that you can't earn a lot of money. You just need to make sure that you're doing the work. So if you are doing clinical work, you know if you're producing at the 75th percentile, and you have RVUs that show that, and you're being paid at the 75th percentile, plus you have some other things that you're doing, all that goes into the equation, which is why I'm glad that there's no definition of fair market value. Because if it said fair market value for an orthopedic surgeon in Chicago is 500,000 or 800,000. Well, as you know, some orthopedic surgeons take call you know, one and two, right? They take call 14, 15 days a month. Some take call six. Some don't take much call at all. Some take trauma call and some don't. Some have overlay nurse practitioners. So their RVUs might look higher because they can do more cases while they're handling clinic. Some might have a quality bonus, right? So all of those things come into account. And if it was just this doctor cannot make more than this much in this market, then all those factors would not matter but they do matter and they should matter as the employer calculates what that specific physician's fair market value is. So you can take into account all of the work that's being done. And if you're working mm -hmm. at the 90th percentile, then you should not be held to the 75th percentile fair market value. Is that fair to say? Correct. Now, 
it's interesting because you know we'll see these contracts and it'll say look we have you can't get paid more than the x percentile 75th percentile 90th percentile whatever it is a question from a lot of physicians are what happens if i do make more so if if it says 75th percentile or 90th percentile and i produce at the 90 or the 95th percentile what do they do i go to work every so let's say that i hit the number you know on december 5th I go to work the next couple of weeks and I just don't get paid a nickel or what happens? And I don't know the answer. I will tell you this. Most employers don't want to tell a physician, hey, look, you've capped out. We can't pay you anything else. So just come to work, do all the call, take all the cases, do all the work, and we're not going to pay anything. But don't worry, we'll start paying you in January. I think the employer knows that that wouldn't go well with any employer, let alone a physician. A highly compensated, you know, employee at best. So they don't want to do that. So in that situation, most employers will be able to do like an analysis and say, look, you're producing over the whatever percentile. So it's okay that we pay you this extra money. But again, it's all dependent on the contract. It's all dependent on the employer. It's all dependent on how they define fair market value. And all those things should be understood by the physician. One thing I will bring up though, Tammy, is when it comes to fair market. Fair market value is one of those things that you know, employers use. We have our fair market value. Here's what we can do for you. It's The employer has kind of built it as this. It's something that we can do. We have our secret sauce. If we've gotten to negotiations with employers, they you know, we say, well, can we see the fair market value analysis? No. If we say, well, what's the example? What's the calculation you guys use? Well, John, it's a blend. And we take all these things into account and they don't have a a formal definition. So the employers like to use it as some kind of secret sauce that they have that they won't share with anybody. But the physicians can get a fair market value analysis done. There's nothing that prevents the physician from saying, here's what my consultants think a fair market value for me is, or here's what I think I should be paid after I've done my research. As you know, at contract diagnostics, we look at contracts all day, every day. But some people don't need a contract review. So we have our Compensation RX product, which provides compensation data and a phone call to help, even though we don't give a... Now, the hospital pays $20,000, $30,000 for a fair market value report because of the compliance. They spend a lot of money. The physician isn't going to spend $30,000 on running fair market value reports on themselves. So we have a product that's far from that price. It's under $300. So you can imagine what we do for $300 is quite a bit less than what the consultants do over weeks and weeks with multiple consultants and PowerPoint presentations for $30,000. But for $300, the physician gets compensation data and a call with us, and they can they have all these talking points to go back to the employer with data on what a appropriate fair market would be for their particular situation, right? I am doing call 15 days a month. I do have a nurse practitioner that takes my time. I am the medical director as well. I mean, so they've got all those talking points. So there's nothing that prevents the physician from going to the employer with their fair market and saying, not that, not that I don't accept yours, but here's what mine says. Here's what yours is. What can we do to bridge the gap? Or what can we do to work together to find a way to project forward? So I'm all in for a physician, not just sitting back and accepting whatever the employer dictates their fair market is, but setting it up a discussion and having a conversation about what they feel it is and finding ways to blend the gap. And I think we've kind of covered this question, but one other specific question that we've had come up recently was, you know, if I'm contracted to work 182 shifts, but I pick up 
250 shifts I'm trying to cover for, you know, lack of mm-hmm. sleeping. How does that affect fair market value? I mean, if you're working at 125th percentile of what the, yeah. the group is working at, can you be paid accordingly? Yeah, I mean, again, there is no formal definition. How I and how most of my colleagues here at Contract Diagnostics, and again, they're made up of people who, who used to come up with fair market value for systems and people who used to run system contracting and who used to hire the fair market value firm. So we have some great, great people here that really know what they're talking about. What they define and what I do at fair market value is making sure that, again, what you're paid is fair. So if you're doing a ton of work and you're making a ton of money, that seems fair. If you're doing little work and making a ton of money, that doesn't seem fair. If you're, you know, but again, to reverse it, if you're doing a ton of work and you're not getting paid well, we talk to people all the time who are working at the 75th percentile and they're paid at the median. So are you inside a fair market value? Yeah. I would say that's not fair because I would say you're working too much and getting paid too little. So again, fair, I think the hospital is used like as a ceiling, right? Fair is too much. We can't pay you too much. We can't give you more than this. But I think fair has two definitions because if you're 200 shifts a year and you're getting paid for doing 170 shifts a year, that's not fair. And so I think it has two different definitions. And I think, again, the, the definition is in the eye of the beholder. And I think it's making sure that the compensation for the amount of work that the physician is doing is fair, which does include all their ancillary activities, all their call, you know, everything. If they happen to be slow at putting together their charts, they don't get credit for the hours because they're just slow at putting together a chart. You know, I mean, if it takes them one full day to see 10 patients and their colleague can see 15, it would be unfair in in most situations if they were paid identically the same, right? So again, how it's defined is not formal, but I think it goes both ways. What other things about fair market value should we be aware of? I would say, what other things? I would say, again, I think it's important that all physicians know that there is no defined number. So if the employer, and I think the employers use this as a way to, I don't want to say take advantage because I don't think that's true. I think employers respect and and appreciate their physicians. And obviously, if the physician's not doing the work, the employer has nothing. So all the high paid administrators and all the fancy equipment is nothing without the proper brain capacity and the physicians to run it all and to leave the revenue train. So I think they all love and appreciate their physicians because that's the revenue generated. That's the workhorse. I mean, again, the marketing team can be fantastic, but if you don't have the people there to do the work, and no, no patients will be seen. So I think they like the physicians. They want them to do well. They want them to be happy. But I do think that the employers tend to use fair market value as an excuse. I think it kind of lets them say, look, don't get mad at me. Fair market value people say, I can't pay you that. I would love to, I would love to give you $70 per review, but they say I can't. I don't want to go to jail. I can only give you 58. I think like the key takeaway, if anything else from this discussion, is that the physicians don't have to accept that. Now, the employer may say, look, we paid $38,000 for this analysis, and damn it, we're going to stick by it. But the physician doesn't have to. They can leave the position. They can find other options. You know. But I think getting creative with how you put together your compensation discussion is important. So if they're offering... $58 an RVU and you want 70 and you say, I want 65 and they say no, like not saying, okay, like having other things that you can bring to the table. 
And again, I think a position understanding what their fair market value is, not because of what the employer told them it is, but because of what they've found through research and what us as an example, what we can help them come up with and define and give them talking points and sales topics to bring up to the employer on why fair is not this particular number. Why fair is closer to you know, maybe what we think would be reasonable and hopefully finding a way to bridge the gap between what the employer is calling fair and what the physicians uh, say. I do think it's this one-way conversation about the ceiling that we can pay you. We can't pay you more than this. We can't pay you more than this. But again, I would turn it back to what if it's fair to pay what you are paying them? Tammy, you and I know that physicians don't ask for raises. They often don't get bump ups in their pay. We're finishing a group negotiation right now with a group of four surgeons. They've been underpaid for six years. And we're hopefully we can finalize this this week, if not next. And our the initial first year increase in their TCC or total cash compensation is going to be six hundred thousand dollars. Okay. In year two, it's going to be at least four hundred. The difference is because there's a guaranteed quality bonus in year one that's not guaranteed in year two, but I'm guessing they'll capture it. If not, they'll capture some of it. So over two year period, because of our work. These four are going to capture a million dollars of extra income. Has it been fair for the employer? Again, I'm super thrilled how it's going to work out. I'm excited for the physician group and what we've been able to help them with. But has it been, but I'm also sad because I wish we would have done it three years ago, right? Have they been treated fairly for the last three years? No. Four surgeons are doing the work of 5.22 90th percentile physician. Wow. And they're making a lot of money but they should be making more money because they're earning it. And I think that fair can be looked at as two different ways. Fair as in can't pay more than this much, right? You're working 40 hours a week and we can't pay you like you're working 80. That's fair to me. But if you're working 40, paying you for 30 is unfair. So how do we make sure that fair means the same thing, which means a fair number for both parties? Knowing that there's no formal definition of fair for this doctor in this market is this number, then I think it's how you craft your discussion, how their consulting company provides numbers to them, and then how you have your own points to counter. Not just, I feel like I should be paid more, but here's my concrete points, which again, the physician can do their own fair market value analysis. And we've got a great tool here coming up for that. We've got another one coming out in March that we're super excited about that I think will be able to help a lot of physicians define their true fair market and again, not fair too high, not fair too low, but fair. And I think everyone likes fair. So I, I feel really good about it. I like the idea of physicians having a place to go to get like the compensation RX product that you talked about. I don't know how many times I hear people reaching out saying, hey, do you have the MGMA data for whatever? Yeah. And we don't have access to that directly, but through companies like yours, we do. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I would just encourage yeah. everyone, reach out. We love doing this stuff and it brings us so much joy. And every time I get to talk with a physician, I have a huge smile on my face the whole time because it's fun to get to know their story. We don't just send red line copies of contracts back. That's something for law firms, which of course we're not. We don't just send them like, here's the number, right? You know, a hospitalist in Chicago is 300,000. Again, for how many shifts? Days or nights? Do you have retirement benefits? Do you have 5,000 for CME or any vacation time? Like all those things matter. 
And I think any company who just sends you a number isn't doing you justice. And so that's why we spend time on the phone with everybody to hear their story. I want to know if that surgeon's taking call 15 days a month or six. I want to know if they're producing in the 75th percentile or if they're getting credit for shared cases. I want to know if their RVUs are being factored or if they do have a signing bonus or maybe they have 50,000 of retirement money put in. All that matters. And without with just a number, it's, I use the example, if I go get my blood drawn and it says my cholesterol is 200 and my blood pressure is you know, 130 over 80, good or bad? Well, I know because I've been in healthcare and I've been studying nutrition for a while, but most people are like, it's no different than like calories, right? I mean, this steak has a thousand calories and 60 grams of fat. Is that good? Is it bad? There's no context with it. So just a number of 300,000 means nothing without the right context. And we help provide that context, which we love doing it. Yeah. Anybody that has a question on what their fair market is, if they have a contract now or you're working and you just want to know what yours is, give us a call, pop on contractdiagnostics.com. We have really cool ways to provide very, very cost efficient data. I talked with the guy today and 300 bucks he paid us a month ago. And I think he bumped his pay up. What was it? 60,000 bucks, I think. And his and he gave us 300 bucks and a half an hour of his time. And we've got tons and tons of stories just like that. And we have so much fun doing that. So yeah, I'd encourage anyone to give us a call and invest a couple of bucks and 30 minutes of their time. I think they'll be pleasantly surprised with what they learn. And I even think, Tammy, I, I know we started with this. I think we still have it. I think there's like a money back guarantee. So kind of hard to lose. So I encourage everyone to give us a shout. But of course, that's not what we're doing in the podcast. If anybody has a question on a fair market, send it in to you. And I'm happy to hop on a coffee and contracts and answer those questions at a different time. That sounds good. So yeah, if you want to send me a question, it's Tammy, T-A-M-M-Y at financialresidency.com. Just send it to me and I'll forward it on to John. John, I wanted to take just a minute. You were talking about a fundraiser that you're going to come up with here in March. I know you yes. have to go, but can you tell us a little bit about that real quick? Yeah. So I'm super excited. So, you know, we love education at Contract Diagnostics and we don't just say that. We have a physician on staff. Dr. Catherine is our National Director of Physician Education. And Dr. Catherine, I've known her for a couple of years and, you know, and she would take time away and she would do these medical missions to Guatemala. I think she is where she goes. I was talking to her one day and I said, you know, tell me about this mission stuff. And she's like, go down there and we do this and here's some cool photos and it's enjoyable for me. And I said, well, do you, you get paid for it? She says, no. She goes, no, I pay for it myself. And, that, and so we talked about the cost and everything. And, and she does it every year. She wishes she could do it three times a year, but she can only afford to take time off of work once and, and spend a couple of thousand bucks it takes out of her pocket to go down once. So I was talking to her the other day and I said, you, I bet you we could do, I bet you a lot of physicians would love to do that, but they don't have the time or they've got little kids at home that can't get away or you know they've got other things going on they can't get to a medical mission. I said, I wonder if we get a fundraiser, if we can find physicians to send in 50 bucks or a hundred bucks or 10 bucks or a thousand bucks or whatever they feel like they could afford. And I said, maybe I'll match it. So we kind of came up with this idea and I think it's coming out in March. People can, of course, give us a call now or call you if they want to, if they want to be engaged now. But Dr. Catherine, we're going to do a fundraiser and we're going to ask for people to send in dollars. A hundred percent of it goes into the fund. I'm going to match a hundred percent of it from contract diagnostics. And then we're going to have some money. And we have no idea if it'll be a hundred dollars or, or $20,000, but whatever it is, 
we're going to take all of it and we're going to let her allocate it to some of her travel. And if there's enough, maybe even other people. And we even, I was talking to her today. We had our monthly call today. And I was talking about if it works out well, we could even do like an annual thing. People could apply to grab the money and, and come and do a trip that they have a frame on. Or maybe we do a contract diagnostic system. I'm not a doctor. I could go with and you know, I could find ways to cook or to clean up or to you know hand supplies over or whatever. I mean, but it's going to be really cool. I'm super, super excited about it. And everyone will learn more about that in March. If you're on our mailing list, if not, hit contractdiagnostics.com, get on the mailing list. And I'm sure you and I will talk another time or two about it as well. But I'm super, super jazzed about this program. It's going to be really cool. Um, not only help Dr. Catherine, but hopefully other physicians can feel like they're participating. And of course, the patients that are served are going to be the ultimate benefactor. So I'm super excited about that new program. Thanks for asking. That's amazing. Well, I'll try and get you or Dr. Catherine back on the show late February, early March and talk a little bit more about that. She'd love to. I, and I would as well. I'm super excited about it, as you can tell. Awesome. John, thank you so much for all the information today. And if anyone wants to reach out to John, they can go to www.contractdiagnostics.com or listen to his podcast, Coffee and Contracts, right here on Financial Residency. Yeah, very cool. Thank you so much, Tammy. I always have a blast hanging out with you. I hope that we can do it again soon. Awesome. Well, thank you all for tuning in. We'll have you back again next week for Grand Rounds.